0: Of full court press, brought to you by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Luke Alves. What up, Luke?
1: Not much, man. How you doing?
0: Pretty good, man. Like, uh, you know, it's been a, been kind of a hectic week. A lot of, lot of crazy NBA stories going on. Um, A lot of, lot of interesting fights. We broke down the fights uh, on Tuesday so that was that was pretty uh uh y- and you know what's funny about that is I, I out of the 3 of us like nobody really cared to really talk about abaka <laughs> um like choking and, and like <laughs> throwing punches uh at Marquise chris uh i mean obviously the bigger stories were westbrook versus the utah fans and uh james dolan versus his own team's fans <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, let's get into. We're we're gonna be breaking down our latest mock draft. Uh, we're just gonna go with the current seating. Um, I really want to get get one in, uh, Luke, where we where you you know just simulate the lottery, um, and 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 go with that. Uh, you know, before the end of the season, because that's always fun. It always kind of throws a uh, a wrinkle into the system. Um, but uh, but we'll see uh, if, if we have an opportunity to do that. But for tonight, we're going to be doing the, uh, the top 14 picks, the lottery, and we're just going to keep the team slated where they are currently. Of course, we all know this could change. And with the, um, you know, altered uh, draft odds, uh, the likelihood that it does change is even greater than it has been in the past. Uh, so um, it's going to be really interesting to see where everybody sits once the lottery is conducted after the regular season. Um, But let's jump into it. I'm going to take odds. Luke's going to take evens. uh, And we'll just kind of go from there. Uh, So with the first pick, obviously, for the Knicks, it's such an obvious choice. Uh, Zion Williamson, clear number one overall pick for any team that gets uh, number one But uh, particularly if you're the Knicks, simply because it gives you so much flexibility. Um, You, you know, get KD and Kyrie or KD and Kimba or KD and any other, um, like, really solid player um, or group of players uh, to join the squad, you can either keep him and grow him with that squad you can use him in a trade to trade for say anthony davis um if you don't get KD and subsequently don't get other free agents he still fits in perfectly with your roster um and you just run a unit of uh you know dennis smith uh probably lonzo Trier, kevin knox and just tell him to stop shooting 14 shots a game uh zion williamson (laughs) and uh, Mitchell Robinson. Uh, Spacing would definitely be an issue between Zion and and Mitchell Robinson. Um, But uh, I I, I think it'll take a couple seasons, but I expect Zion to develop uh, an outside game. Uh, He already shoots, uh, you know, threes at Duke. He's just not very efficient at it. Uh, And it's not something he's really had to incorporate into his game to this point. He seems to have the drive uh, to – Want to be great, um, and I think he could incorporate that into his game for sure. Uh, But also, regardless, you're gonna like that's gonna sell tickets. Not that the Knicks need to, um, but maybe you could charge a little bit more for those tickets, uh, you know, if you're uh, good old James Dolan. Uh, But anyway, uh, your thoughts on Zion being the clear number one, Luke, and then uh, feel free to take the floor when you're ready for Phoenix.
1: Well, real quick on this, I mean, we we all know Zion, you know, he's just what he is and just, you know, generational, could be a generational player and all that. But here's my thing with uh, the Knicks getting the number one pick. Do you think that this is more of like a – not like a blessing in disguise, but just like more of like – I can't think of the term, but it's just like more of a headache in the end because every other team that gets it, if the Suns getting it, Zion. if, If the Hawks get it, it's Zion. The Bulls get it at Zion, Cavs Zion, but Knicks are like, yeah, you're drafting Zion, but are you trading him? So it's just like they're the only team where it's just like it's not clear like we're getting Zion. We're going to build around him now. Everything's going to be marked around Zion. We got Zion and all that. Well, the Knicks, on the other hand, they get that number one pick, and now they're just like, oh, snap. Like, you know, we're going to trade him. We could trade him that night. And then, you know, jump, but, you know, they all teams have to wait till July 1st for pre-agency. So it's just like – I feel like the Knicks are that one well, they team won't right trade now that where it's just like no, – No, yeah. They they wouldn't do it unless it was just like uh, – it'd be very crazy. But it's just – Zion's one of those, like, picks, like, for the Knicks, I just feel like where it's like – or just getting the number one pick, it's like – it's a great thing, and they're probably excited, you know, and all that, but there's just so much more going behind than just being like, we just got sure. Zion in he's going to be on our team for the next eight years. Cause it's not going to be like that. The right. whole story is going to be like, is he going to stay? Who will they pair right. in, uh, like in New York and like, like right. all that. So I just see the storyline well, a lot different than you. every other team.
0: Yeah. Let me ask you this because I mean, I think it's interesting. Let's say they get Kyrie or I'm sorry, KD, and then either Kimba or Kyrie. So one of those two, like if, if Kyrie decides to stay in Boston, I think they get Kimba. Um, like, I mean, it's – it's the reports have come out from Charlotte that he's not happy. They're probably not going to make the playoffs again. Um, so – and I, I think if you're the Knicks and you sign KD, um, getting Kemba is a very worthwhile backup to Kyrie, backup plan to Kyrie Irving. Um, and there's even a lot of Knicks fans out there who would – I shit you not, would rather have Kemba Walker, um, namely because of the knee injury. Um, but also I've heard some people say that um, it makes more sense because you have a clear number one option, number two option system, whereas if you get Kyrie in there, it's more of a 1A, 1B thing, and then maybe you have a similar problem to what you had in Golden State with him and Steph. I see it. I don't see that. I see it completely differently. But anyway, my my question, um, if you get – KD and one of those two point guards. Do you keep Zion or do you trade him if you can get Anthony Davis? See, so here's my thing. Wait wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And mind you this, like, because in order to make that that room, in order to like make uh come up with the necessary um, salary allotment, you're gonna have to trade at least two, maybe even three others with him just to make the money work so it's like you don't have the option of just trading Zion for him which I would do it's it's the question is are you willing to trade Zion and give up all your young depth to have three of three all-star players but then nobody else on your roster
1: no, I wouldn't do it just because, like like you were saying, it's, it's not even like just matching the money. It's just like you're gutting your whole team. And, like, don't get me wrong, that big three would be nasty, whoever it is. But there's a lot more that goes. Like, you can see it now. And, like, the big threes aren't doing it now. You need a complete team. You need a solid bench. Right. right? You're seeing these teams like the Clippers and the Pacers and – and all that, and even Toronto, even though they have Kawhi, it's like Toronto still just got a lot of like they have, like, so they have all the other players that can play. They have so much depth. They it's made the
0: like, they made the trade at the right time too, like you know, and and they gave up the right parts. They they didn't they weren't so quick to give up Siakam or Ananobi. Like exactly, yeah. Depth is super fucking important.
1: That's what I'm saying. So I wouldn't do it if I was the if I was the Knicks. I would just. You know, Zion and Katie and whoever, you know, we're going to make it work. And then maybe trade for some, like, other role players. Like, you can still trade, like, Frank Nelikilina and maybe Knox and and something else and get you something that's not, like, you know, it's not a superstar. How about this? He's definitely that – trade a player that can –
0: Yeah, well, I was just going to say, how about this? Trade Dennis Dennis and – let's say Dennis and we'll say uh, Kevin Knox. And I know if, if Juwan and Joel were uh, on here now, they would just have a fucking heart attack. You hear me out uh, from a from an objective perspective here, Luke. Trade the two of those guys for Robert Covington, three and D guy, proven starter, um, can anchor your help anchor your defense alongside KD. Can play both the three and the four. Um, like I think that would be like an awesome trade. Like get a role player like that to go along with. Um, you know uh, Zion and KD and those guys, um, like somebody like that, I think would make a lot of sense. Um, you know, uh, for for that squad, more so than trading everybody and Zion for KD. Like, it, you know, keep, keep like keep your keep Alonzo Trier, keep a Mitchell Robinson, because um, those guys are going to help you out. Um, you know, down the stretch of you know a, a playoff run.
1: No, yeah, I mean that—that's a perfect player. I mean, I don't think Minnesota would trade him because just Robin Covington. But that's what I'm saying is like get a role player like a Covington that is just your all-around just utility guy, like doing everything for you. He's mm-hmm. in the grit and grind for you. Like, I, it's, yeah. it's almost like even though like he's not like it anymore, but like Eric Gordon kind of for Houston for a while there, just like he's always that like kind of like that role player who's just like sure. Gordon's kind of doing it for the. But all that, but. You know, it, it's just I wouldn't trade everything away to build around a – I mean, if New York and you'd rather sell the AD, KD, Kyrie, or Kimba, then, you know, you. that's just an easier sell, the big three we have, but I just don't think it would be as good. So that's why my, yeah, that's I don't my either. only objection to, to just trading. For yeah. it. Yes, it makes sense and it would be cool, but I just – not not basketball sense when every team is very deep in the East. It's not like you're hopping into a, a very bad East anymore from what it's looking like. Right. And like, I would just rather have
0: like, like Lonzo Trier, Zion and Mitchell Robinson, um, you know, and still having Knox and Nilekina, uh to come off the bench, or maybe you start Nillakina for his defense. And then at the two, and then you have Trier coming off the bench since so he can shoot and score. Um, You just have a lot more flexibility, whereas, you know, if if you trade all those guys away to get Anthony Davis, like, I mean, you don't have any flexibility. You have three really good guys, but you need five really good guys to close out a basketball game. So, or you need five good guys. Um, Some of them can be great, but you don't want any guys that are shitty being on the floor. I mean, we we saw that happen. We saw the frustration on KD's face um his last year in OKC when he would pass the ball to a wide open Andre Robertson and Robertson would not shoot it because he can't fucking shoot. Um and that's that's not even saying Robertson is a bad player because um, of course he's a great defensive player uh but you know like you want you want more versatility. So I mean it's the same reason that I said that uh last episode that I think the the Lakers are are being stupid if they're going to use all their money on you know all their all their free agency money on a guy like Kimba or a guy like Jimmy Butler and then trade away all of their youth to get Anthony Davis. Like if your plan is to try to trade for Anthony Davis, um, then you should be looking at using your and $40 million and 40 plus million dollars in cap space if you spread it out the right way um, to get three and D role players. So that way you can have AD, LeBron, and then surround those guys with guys like Patrick Beverly or Danny Green, Trevor Reza, um, Dwayne Dedman, uh, you know, players of that ilk, um, Terrence Ross, uh, go after people like that so you can still have a fucking roster that works. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, I, I just, I don't like the notion of, of giving away all of your depth just to have three all-stars. Um, I don't think it wins you a championship in today's, today's league. Um, but, Hey, we could be wrong, but we
1: got to move on. Uh, Phoenix Suns, number two pick, who you got? So, Phoenix Suns, hopefully, you know, this is an obvious pick for you. I mean, uh, like, they're the one team like yeah, Orlando that you know they've been fishing, like, looking for a point guard. So, you're hopefully, like, job Moran, and that's who I'm going with. But knowing the, yeah. the Phoenix organization, they they love their wings, and it's, it's R.J. Barrett. <laughs> In reality, like, I just know it. I just – I do count people inside. <laughs> That it's somehow going to be RJ Barrett. <laughs> it's like okay, just just add five more wings. Just please, just keep on adding more wings. Just we'll figure, just figure get, it out later. It's Don't like the get, opposite get of better. what they used to be
0: when they had like four quality point guards at any given season.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think they, I think they just got sick of like we had too many point guards. Now we need wins. So, but Morant <laughs> makes the most sense right here. I mean, he has just been really killing it. I'm glad he's going to be in the NCAA tournament, so a lot of people will now be yes. able to. You no, know I mean, there's there's the basketball heads that know who he is and, like, you know, that. but there's going to be a lot of people that, especially if he gets, like, a crazy upset win and all that. But he's really good. And it's not just on the offensive end. Like, he's he's, pr- he's really good on defense. He's, he's athletic. He shows it. I mean, he's pretty good for his size. So, you'd be pairing him up with Booker, who I think would be really good for, like, Devin Booker and all that, and definitely be able to play with um, DeAndre Ayton. So, you could build off of that. That's your young core. I mean he's been really still leading the league in assist, so it this so he just makes sense. His size too, I like he's he's not like a smaller point guard and all that. He's he's a you know, he's he's pretty big when you you know, you look at him and just I don't know, he's he's his athleticism, he's just done some things like he's dunked on some people, he's done this he's done some blocks on some people. I'm just like, Man, this guy yeah. just keeps on proving really to me like and it's crazy because at the beginning of the year, RJ Barrett was looked at the number one pick, and that's why it, it's funny right. that we, like, laugh about the Suns, but it's not like you're getting a bad person, RJ. I mean, he was looked at as, at con- like, consensus number one coming into the year. I mean, you had the pretty on, much and all his hype and and, and all that, and, but it was just like you didn't – like, you only knew his game was dunking. You didn't know how special he was until we saw him and Duke. But, like, RJ's exactly. always had that, like, the hype behind him, and it's just like – this, this, there's another person that's about to jump on, man, it, and it, it, it's deserving because he's really good, and he's made his team. I mean, he, he's, in, he's in division, you know, he's in double A, but he doesn't play, like, he plays lesser opponents, but, I mean, Belmont was still a pretty good team. I mean, if you watch that tournament, he put all, he made the, the game winner to send his team going into the finals and all that, so it's just like, he looks like he has all the tangibles to be a really good point guard. And that can help you, and especially if you win two games in the NCAA. That, I mean, because that's what the tournament's is about—is about point guards and being a great guard. So, if he can win mm-hmm. two games with that team, I think it might even jump him up even more, Secured number two. And like teams that even have a point guard, like the Cavs, could reconsider. You know, or getting Sexton some help and all that, just because he's just looks – hes just that good. Yeah, I mean, he really is.
0: Uh, it's interesting because there's, there's like two opposite narratives about him that neither that i agree with but i hear a lot is one he's a mid-major guy um he hasn't played against anybody like you know that's why he's putting up these numbers yada 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 and to that it's like dude there were plenty of mid-major guy i mean damian lillard was a mid-major guy um who obviously went on to be one of the best point guards in the nba Um, Paul George was a mid-major guy, um, and is, you know, probably going to finish third in MVP voting this year. So, you know, that argument is not sufficient, and especially I like what Damian Lillard came out and, like, kind of pointed out, and he said, look, like, you you know, if you get a guy performing on this level as a mid-major, um, that really kind of points to essentially, like, him being on a level uh, even higher than some other that you might even perceive some other players because he's having everything thrown at him because he doesn't have the necessary help. Uh, You know, I mean, it's kind of the same thing as Trey Young last year when once these um, teams kind of figured him out, they would trap him and do everything else and kind of really threw him off for the latter half of the season. And, like, you kind of have that same thing, um, with Jaw and and he's just still performing like he's still being able to get after it now. Granted, like the the athletes that he's going against aren't as good, but the schemes um, are are you know he the schemes are going trying to shut him down every single night, and we saw and you know I, I forgot the biggest mid major name Steph Curry, <laughs> Davidson, um, like we we saw it with him. Um, so that, that, that narrative is is, is played out, and, and people need to just kind of retire that. Like, um, sure, that works for a lot of people, but not somebody who's this good. Uh, but, you know, also you hear – I hear a lot of people saying, dude, he could be the next Russell Westbrook. He's the next Russell Westbrook. Um, and I, I see where they're coming from because, like you said, Luke, he's a little bigger. Um, he's not that tall. He's like 6'3". Um, 6'3" two, six, three. Um, but, you know, Westbrook's what, six, four. Um, so, you know, he's, he's about the same height. Um, but Westbrook size, man, like jaw's got a, a good build to him, but Westbrook is just like, he's got to really work at it to get to Westbrook size. Um, I do see some of the athletic comps there. Um, but like, I, I would just say, let's not get carried away in that sort of regard. Um there are a couple things that concern me about him. Uh his shot's kind of funny. Um I think he's actually left-handed, uh but he shoots right-handed and he's actually even said something about that. Um but he kind of shoots the, the ball with two hands. It's weird. It's kind of a weird shot. Um but he makes it work for him to a certain degree. Um but I think he's going to have to kind of figure that out uh long-term um you know we've seen players go through this obviously Kawhi Leonard's a great example um of of what a really good coaching staff and shooting uh coach can do for you the Suns unfortunately don't seem to have any sort of you know good things in that regard anymore um but nevertheless I mean he fits every need that they have so yeah I mean I would I would definitely definitely take him there makes too much sense it probably makes too much sense for them to take him but nevertheless uh it's the it's the smart pick um and i, I and one other thing i will say this um it, if there's one thing that i feel like really like leans into me thinking they'll take him it's that um they took aiton last year and the reason they took aiton was because in my opinion was because they knew they needed a center, and they didn't know what Luka was. They didn't know what position he was. So they were like, "Uh, is he a point guard? Is he a combo guard? Is he a a point forward? Like, where do we play him? How does he fit? All of those questions. Um, But they knew they needed a center, so they took the center. So maybe they know they need a point guard. They take the point guard. Um, But I don't know. We'll we'll see. Uh, But moving on, uh, Cleveland at number three three definitely rj barrett that's no question um i i definitely don't see um barrett falling out of the top three uh, just in my opinion he's got way way too much upside um he's a versatile wing player who can kind of do everything um he actually reminds me a lot of brandon ingram uh which obviously playing for duke um being a guy with his kind of build uh, was height really um, more so than his build. I think he's a b- little bit bigger than Ingram, um, but like you know his, his ability to uh, playmake, make uh, we haven't really seen a lot of it lately without Zion. It doesn't. It seems like he doesn't really trust his teammates very much. Um, but yeah, I mean, somewhat for good reason. I mean, Trey Jones can't hit threes. And the only other person he's got on his team who's been reliable is reddish. So, you know, I think that's kind of put a stunt to some of his playmaking ability. Um, but we have seen it throughout the season. He's uh, he he he's been solid. He can score the ball. Um, you need to get him engaged on defense. But he's got all the athletic ability to, to you know, be able to be a good defender. Um, he's just a guy – who has all of those intangibles that you would want in a top three pick. And I just don't think you can pass on him if he falls to you, if you're Cleveland and he falls to you at three, especially considering that your biggest need right now is a wing player. I mean, you've got Love, you've got Sexton, you have uh, Clarkson's been playing pretty well. You got like four point guards. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I think it's just that's where you need – somebody the most because the only real wing player that you have right now um is is jetty uh who you're going to have on the roster next season because they're going to wave jr uh so yeah i mean i i just think it just a hundred percent makes sense um get him in there start getting him some reps with sexton and just see where that kind of young duo can go with you know love uh you know trying to kind of be the leader of that squad.
1: No, yeah, I mean, it makes the most sense. I mean, he'd definitely bring uh, a lot to the table and help out the Cavs, too. I mean, I think he'd fit really well around Sexton and in Love to just build around that that young core, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you could throw all the athletic guys. I mean, they could possibly come back. I mean, I don't understand Cleveland. Like, uh, uh, I had him go like, being in the playoffs this year just because they just didn't think they'd drop off, but it's Cleveland, and they're really good at dropping off. So when they wanted to they commit are, to, it, they, they did so. So well, but it's and just love like, getting could, hurt, you know. Yeah, love getting hurt, hurt some big time. But I think he he actually looks really healthy now, and I think him not having to play in the playoffs and getting his body right, he'll be good for next year. So that's why I like just the Sexton R.J. Love, like that's your your three, and that's who you're gonna build around because Sexton and R.J. can definitely create for others, and Love's pretty good at passing as well and rebound. So I think it makes sense. Um, like like we were saying, RJ's got a lot of skills. His um, he likes to go to his left hand a lot. Um, hopefully, you know, he's been trying to do it in college. Is not going as much, but you can notice whenever it's like crunch time or I need a bucket or I need to get it, he just goes that side. So that's my only concern that they're gonna figure that out. So hopefully, he can, but he's just really good going to the left. So, but uh, yeah, I mean it'll be interesting. I, I was thinking that with this order right now, could this like. Real quick, I just like could this draft be like the most tradable team draft? I mean, with this order, I mean, all three of these teams in front of me, I could see trading their picks and all that, or doing something else. Like like we're saying, like Phoenix could definitely. I mean, if John Morant's not the guy, and I could see them trading, and you know, maybe trying to get that point guard for themselves. So. Well, you know I could what's see interesting. This, or moving in and out of like the like to move down and like switch with a team that's like I need John Morant. Well,
0: or. Think about this, and and
1: I don't know. I don't know how much of
0: a possibility this is um, for all parties considered. But what if you're one of those top three teams? If if you're Phoenix or um, Chicago, what's the likelihood that you're like you call up the Lakers and you say, "Look, I'll, I'll give you the number three pick or the number two pick for Lonzo," and some sort of conditional asset, some minor asset, um, like maybe Mo Wagner, maybe you get Mo Wagner in that in that deal too, um, and the only reason I say that is because if you look at Phoenix or Chicago on paper um, they' like they both need point guards, and both of their shooting guards are not very good defenders, and is a really good defender um, like I mean obviously he's got his shooting was, and he's you know hasn't been able to. Stay healthy, um, so you have to take that in mind. <clears throat> but I would say, especially if you're Chicago or Phoenix, and you miss on John Morant, like if you're the team that doesn't get John Morant out of those two, then I think even more so you're thinking about, well, wonder, like I wonder if we can get Lonzo Ball, um, and maybe if you're LA, you're thinking, well, maybe somebody would, you know. Maybe we'll have some more versatility trading with a trade package centered around a Cam Reddish or an R.J. Barrett than we will Al- Al- Alonzo Ball. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, but I do think you're. I do think you're right. I do think that there could be a lot of various trades um, at hand. You know, uh, in this draft, just because you know there's there's going to be a lot of teams with specific needs and and, and teams looking to. Um, maybe make draft acquisitions looking forward to the free agent market and the trade market um, that I think will affect a lot of these decisions.
1: Yeah. I just think especially with this current order, I just see like, you know, if it, if it were to land like this in the way that the I could just see a lot of teams wanting to move and not being a big deal, like to move down and get more and all that, or going to go get a, like a, like Alonzo or another like that and switcher picks. That's why I just like kind of brought it up, But uh, with the with yeah. the Bulls coming up next, it, it puts it puts them in a, like this is another like how you were just saying how you threw them in there. Like you you missed out on John Morant, which every team knows you really need a point guard because Levine right and Dunn aren't really doing it for you. And then there's a lot of wings that like in this draft that you can go with the reddish or you know or Nazir Little and all that. But um, I would. I've been really thinking. I mean, that they got the they got the four and five covered, so they don't need that, right? But you know, you kind of need a shooting guard. I mean, the point guard you don't want to you don't want to reach in. It stinks that he got injured in Garland. That we can't really see what you know his games like. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Jared Culver out of uh, Texas Tech. I just think you know he's really good. He's just he's pretty long. He's, um, he's, he can score. Um, they're a very good defensive team, so he, he understands that. He can bring that to the table. I mean, just help him in that shooting guard position. I don't think they have, like I'm saying, the Dunn and Levine thing's not working. I think Levine should just go to being a six-man and a good six-man, but I don't think right now he, he'd accept that, but I think he'll thrive better if he'd be doing a six-man role. And I think he would be a great six-man. Yeah, I really do. I think he could, be, he could be a Lou Williams type. Oh, yeah, he would slash people apart. I mean, especially, like you're saying, he could definitely do it, but I just don't think his ego would want it. But, I mean, if it were to work, especially if, even if you put Culver in there, starting him with a young kid, he'd just come out and instantly, you know, he, he can get you some buckets. He's, he's kind of fallen off here and there. He's, he's had an up and down kind of a year. I mean, you could just expect that yeah. out of any young kid and all that, especially the Texas Tech's been in there the whole time. I mean, it is a whole team for them. Yeah. But they've been in the top – they've been in the top ten. They definitely – I mean – and he's been – like there's been a lot of games I've looked at that box score. I'm like, he's got no help. He's got one person that had double digits in this game and they won. It's just like – and they're a great defensive team and that helps. But it's like you need some other people night in and night out to also get you some buckets. But he's always been the looked-at guy. So I just think um, he would be really good for the Bulls. A point guard is what they need, but I think the other – a shooting guard is also, and he'd just be good. He's just, he's pretty, it's pretty, I don't think he's that tall. Like, but he just, if you look at him, he just looks like length, like he just, he just looks pretty big for, for his position.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think he's got reach.
1: Um, he
0: does look big. Like he's listed at six, five, but he does play bigger than that. Um, I love Jarrett Culver. Like he's, in in fact, we have pretty much gone one through four on my big board right now. Um, and that's just been how it shook out with the team needs but he's my fourth overall prospect right now um i've current i currently have him above cam reddish um but yeah no i love him i think he's great um i think he it, there's apparently from from um uh i want to say Danny Chow, but it might have been jonathan sharks uh over at the ringer um there's some uh there's some uh kind of kind of silent brouhaha that um he may be taller than six five um or he may still be growing um so like you know i mean if that's the case and he grows to be six 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 seven and you know with his length already being you know uh, uh, like better than average um i definitely think there's there's a lot of flexibility with a player like that. Um, you see it with a guy like Bazemore on the Hawks. Like, uh, granted, you know, no great talent or anything, um, but a but a good player. Um, and he's only six five, but he can play the two and he can play the three um, because of because of his length as an athleticism. That the three is becoming. There was a time in the NBA when it, it seemed like if you were six foot five, you couldn't play the three anymore. Like you had to be a two. Now you can, especially if you have links, um, the way this kind of small ball trend is going. And, you know, I mean, I just think that I think he – even if he doesn't grow anymore, I think you could see him play in the three. I think the two would be the best spot for him, but I think he has that flexibility um, to where you could put him out there at the three and feel comfortable. And I, I, I too, I agree. I think um, his shot just looks fluid. Um, it, it, he kind of started off uh, a little rough, um, but he's definitely gotten better throughout the course of the season. I haven't seen the last few games, so I'm not sure about, um, uh, you know, where where he sits at currently. Um, but I know, uh, you know, when I was projecting a lot of my big boards, the last one I did was early January. Um, and, you know, I've been trying to kind of keep track of it since then, and it's been since then that I bumped him up before. Um, he uh, his, his percentages have just steadily grown. They've steadily gotten better throughout the course of the season, um, and you know, I mean, I I think he's he he's underlooked. Like he's he's not grouped in with those top four players, and I think he should be there. I think I think this should be a discussion of who are the who are the clear number top five best players instead of top four best players, um, and his name should be thrown in that top five. Um, but yeah, no, I mean I like the pick. I mean obviously I don't I, I like Levine as a bench guy. Um I don't think you bring in Culver to be a starter immediately. I think you would have to bring him off the bench to start, but that's not a problem. But I think if you're looking long term you could transition uh those two positions um and just hope that Levine buys in um, and just say, hey, man, like, maybe try to fucking call up uh, Lou Williams and just be like, hey, can you talk to him about this? Like, talk to him about, you know, you, uh, you know, getting, you know, kind of benched behind Allen Iverson and how that tra- changed the trajectory of your career and what that meant, you know, and how you embraced it and everything. Um, like, maybe you can make that work. I mean, it just depends. But, like, Levine's defensive um, woes – um certainly uh kind of make him better projected to to be a six man on a true contender now does chicago want to be a true contender i mean everybody does but are they are they good gung-ho on that or are they content with just being a playoff team my instincts tell me they're content with just being a playoff team um but you know time will tell um all right, number five. After all that being said about how much I love Jarrett Culver, I'll be remiss if I didn't try to proposition you with the Hawks pick. Since this is my team and I'm picking for my team, um, I really like Culver. I would love to have him and Reddish. Um, I will take Darius Garland and give you additional assets um, to go along with Darius Garland in exchange for Culver. W- w- let me start with the asset, the main asset being, I will give you OKC's 2022 second, or first round pick, which is top 14 protected. And I will give you uh, number 40 and number 43 pick in this draft. Um, so that's uh, a future first round pick granted a distant future first uh, and and two s- mid-second round picks, 40 and 43, uh, plus Darius Garland, the point guard that you need, uh, and then take back Jarrett Culver. Um, as Bulls
1: GM, what say you, Luke? Um, for me, I would counter you quickly and just be like, well, what about that Cleveland pick? Just because – in the end, I could just be getting a lot of seconds out of you. A lot of four, like four, I could be getting the Marcus all four seconds out of you because the right. 14, you know, it could, you know, they could, it's protected all that. Yeah, Russ like Cleveland pick, Just me Russ's being the be Bulls old. and like hopefully he's smart, I'm just like, you know, that's a great like trade package especially, I mean, you know, I'm not losing like a general, I'm not losing like an RJ and all that. Hopefully, I mean, Coleman could turn out to that but right now and, you know, I do need a point guard but i I want to get the the best assets so I would look and just be like what about that Cleveland? So you're one? thinking I don't... So you're thinking the Cleveland pick because
0: if it even if they end up in the top 10 again this year, it converts into 2 seconds and Cleveland doesn't look like they're going to be good anytime soon. So you'd rather have 2 seconds from Cleveland sooner rather than the possibility of having 2 seconds from OKC way, way down the line. Is that kinda of where your head's at?
1: Kind of. I mean that and just thinking like like if Cleveland got RJ, I'm I'm hopefully thinking that you're somewhat of a a, a decent team in the east. And I so you're think banking it's on getting maybe getting eleven or twelve? I'm baking on I think it's a one through eight protected, I thought. I don't know if it was a one through no, ten protect. So okay. Well, you know, yeah, I'm baking on that. hopefully I'm still in the lottery with that pick, so I'm getting another lottery asset out of it. I mean how you guys kind of did with Dallas last year. I mean, even though one through five is a lot right. better over protection, but just, you know, going off that, that like Cleveland's bad, but hopefully they won't be that bad if Kevin loves a healthy, Sexton, and now RJ Barrett's on that team and, you know, what they're able to do. So that's what I'm just thinking off of. Like I can get the best first round pick out of this situation than a late, late first round from if the OKC doesn't convey to two seconds. I'm getting, like, the the late first-round pick. It's like, mm, Right, okay. yeah, because the if they're thing. good, they're still going to be good. Right. Um, but yeah. also, no, the Garland I mean, would... thing makes it tricky. It's because, like, no one's seen him play. So that's also... Right. I need to see Garland. Yeah.
0: Play. Yeah,
1: I know. I Yeah, I get that. Um, I honestly,
0: like, if push came to shove, I'd give you both. i give you the Cleveland one and the OKC one. So... You get Cleveland, um, you know, both of them could, I mean, both picks, you could could end up getting two or or four second-round picks out of them. But, like, potentially, most likely, one of those is going to hit as a first. Um, And they're spaced out enough to where um, they're interesting assets to be able to do stuff with um, or the OKC one is interesting to be able to use as some kind of trading chip, even if you like don't keep it. Um, and then you get the Cleveland pick. So how's that? I'll give you the Cleveland pick and the OKC pick, both protected. Um, but I'll give you both of those and Garland to get Culver.
1: I oh, know Culver's already in Atlanta for you. I flew him down first class. I bought him a jersey. <laughs> you, you didn't even know. You didn't even know he's already on your team because as soon as yeah. I definitely do that. I mean, that there's no there's no reason not to do it. Like I'm saying, not that saying Clover can't get there, but it's not like these generational players where it's like, you know, you're right. getting multiple, possibly three first-round picks for the guy just to move one spot back to get the point guard that you possibly kind of wanted the whole time, but you didn't want to reach on him as of this point in time. Like, they could still possibly reach on him. And all that, you've seen it, like, time and time. I mean, not saying that he was a reach, but it was like, the DeAndre Russell kind of, like, came up out of nowhere and jumped up into, like, the number two picks. So, like, point cards sometimes jump up out of nowhere, especially if they have a good NCAA. Well, he's not going to be in there, but they have a good common. So, I, I mean, I, you've got him on your team. But so I, I'm guessing that's – so right now, Colbert's going to be on the Hawks. So with the following pick, you said you want a Cam Reddish, and he does make sense. Don't, Don't you get me dare wrong. Don't do
0: this to me, motherfucker. Do not take Cam Reddish
1: right now. I want to take Cam Reddish for you. But you here's just take hear me Cam out. Reddish. But just hear me out. I'm taking Cam Reddish, but it's not because okay. you wanted him. Because it makes sense. But I, 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 you know, I do think that in due time they should get a defensive center to to play around. Calling, sure. not and, and you know that. But I'm not reaching There's on plenty of those homie, in free agency. Even though I'm very high on, on my guy, Hayes, I'm not that high on him yet. Now, if he does some crazy stuff and all that, I could. But right now, Cam Reddish actually has done some some things that wow me. He it's not like he made the big leap and all that. It's it's kind of funny that you said uh, Barrett reminded you of Ingram. Um, I thought Cam kind of reminded Ingram, like he he kind of shows yeah, that at I times could see and like one when he kind of needs to when he kind of needs to step it up, he kind of did it. It's like when LeBron went down and then he kind of disappeared, but he has like. You know, England had like two games with like 34 points and dominant, but then he like disappeared. And Cam Reddish, too. I mean, that whole comeback against Louisville, that's not happening. If Cam in and, and Zion's out there, and that's not happening unless Cam Reddish is like just going in the zone and hitting some threes for him. And then, and, and even when Zion's been out, so yeah, it's just Atlanta just hit gold right here if they're able to pull out the Culver uh, Reddish. I mean, you. Now it comes to the, the debate, and you have got to see these guys play. And now it comes to the debate: who won that trade, Nick? If you come out with Reddish and Jared Culver, and right now the way you are go along played, with Trey Young and John Collins, uh, and no,
0: Herter
1: but and no, just Jordan to go Prince. with just to go with Trey Young, I'm just, just saying, to go with from Luke. last year, the Lucas option, well, think... and now you have now you see the complete trade how it came out. Right.
0: So you can just yeah, throw in I the Culver I... getting
1: there, even though that's your pick. You can throw in uh, like Culver. Cutler. Well, I think so I think whatever, whatever,
0: however you project who won the deal and all that, you have to take into account where Atlanta lands and you know with with their own pick as well because we don't know what it would have been had they kept Luca um, and like I mean just the butterfly effect, man. Like you you have to that has to mean something. Um, so uh, like ultimately, I hope we get Zion and then you know obviously. Uh, like luck out on the lottery, get Zion with our pick, and then get you know maybe Culver or somebody else uh, with with that uh, other pick. But yeah, I mean, if we ended up with that that package, um, I I I just I wouldn't I I just don't think there's a loser. Like because I, I just think Trey Young has been way better than I, I thought he would be. I think Luka has been exactly what I thought he would be. Um, and I, I just think, like, regardless, like, your both teams are really fucking happy, um, especially if Dallas gets Kristaps back and they play well. My thing is this. I, I don't necessarily – I'm not going to say that either team lost the trade. I think both teams come out winners um, if, if that's the case. I will say this, though. I would rather be Atlanta – in this scenario of just where they are versus where Dallas is, because if you're Dallas, you are heavily banking on Porzingis being everything that he once was. Um, after, you know, tearing his ACL, seven foot three guy, um, you're banking on being able to do something with his max cap, uh, max salary spot, um a lot of people have been pointing to Nikola Vucevic, which I do think makes some sense. Um, I I do think he would be a good complement um, to those other two guys. Um, but then you need some fucking, some like really defensive minded wings and they don't have that. Courtney Lee used to be that kind of, um, not really like a heavy defensive minded guy, but I mean, he, he played solid defense, um, uh, Tim Tim Hardaway Jr. is definitely not that. Dorian Finney-Smith could be, maybe. I still don't know, like, exactly what he is. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And, and then you got those two outgoing picks to the Knicks to boot. Um, I think you could see – I could foresee a situation brewing in Dallas where um, – KP trade doesn't work in their favor, and in seven or eight years, Luca's looking at jetting more so than I could see a situation in Atlanta of our current situation not panning out and Trey wanting to go somewhere else. I would feel way more comfortable betting on Atlanta keeping Trey after his rookie extension um, than Dallas keeping Luca after his rookie extension. Um, so, like, with all those factors in play, I'm really fucking comfortable where we are now. In fact, I mean, I said it a couple of weeks ago, I, like, regardless of whether, like, you know, a lot of a lot of my fellow Hawks fans right now are freaking out because Dallas is tanking and trying to keep that pick. Um, I'm not really that worried about it. Like, I, I'm really not. Trey's been way better than I thought he would be. Um, I don't need that pick to validate Trey anymore. Um, to me, it's like... Trey is the clear number two rookie in this class. And, yeah, we traded the number one rookie to get the number two rookie. Like, I get that. Um, but even saying that, like, I like we're going to get the pick eventually. Would it be nice to get it this year where when it's, like, six or seven? Like, fuck, yeah, it would be. It would be great. Um, but even if we don't, like, the only thing that will fucking piss me off is if somehow they get the number one pick. And then I'll be really fucking pissed because there are a multitude of reasons Dallas did not deserve to get Zion Williamson. Um, but, like, it, short of that happening, I'll be fine. Think I, it, it, I'm not that concerned about it anymore, honestly. Um, but, what I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, do you think um, – because, I mean, obviously you asked the question. I assume you have an answer to it too. If the Hawks get Culver – and Reddish in this draft if they manage to swing that and only have to give up the um, OKC 2022 protected pick and Cleveland's, you know, 2020 protected pick. Um, like, is that is that a
1: – is that ultimately, is that a win for you for the Hawks? No, I'm kind of like you. I mean, I think in the end the trades is going to go down in one of those trades where there's a win for both teams. Uh, it just all yeah. panned out, everything worked out. Luca was perfect to go to Dallas for it's what the they Paul needed, George-Victor yeah, it just it just works out one for One team all time, got the so.
0: better player, and the other team got a fucking great player that no one thought was going to be as great as they were. <laughs> I
1: mean, that's what it is. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you. I mean, oh, like I, I mean, I was trying to always talk to you and a bunch of all my other Hawks friends up the uh, the edge. I mean, I thought from the beginning even without, you know, just when the, from the first, you got another draft asset out of getting your guy. Yeah. I mean, I see, I see it work for my team and, you know, and the Boston Celtics. So that's why I just don't see like, you know, the you guys were high on Trey Young and that was your guy. And so you got another pick out of it. So in my mind, I just it always was a win. And it makes it better that Young's actually just showing everyone that, hey, I'm actually a pretty good player and, and he can pass the damn ball. So I, I'm with you. It's just going to go down as one of those, It was a win for both teams in the end, even though everyone overreacted at the beginning. Yeah. No, I mean, I I feel you there.
0: Um, All right, moving on. Uh, All right, so you got Cam. Thank you for not fucking taking Jackson Hayes. I I think, obviously, I think you take Cam in this particular situation of what we're doing, um, and then, you know, you just make a play uh, for a, a defensive center and free agency. There's plenty of them out there. I mean, Willie Colley-Stein, um, granted, he's a restricted free agent, but Nerlin's Noel is out there. He's a name that um, was attached to the Hawks last off season for, like, in, in rumors. Um, so he's a guy who I could see us going after. And, like, Alex Lynn certainly isn't a, isn't a defensive-minded uh, center, but he, I would be perfectly comfortable with him being our starting center. I would not worry about him. He's played really well since joining the Hawks. Um, In fact, I know you listened to, uh, to uh, Bill Simmons uh, podcast the other day with Ryan Russillo. I laughed out loud when Rosillo was like, have you, have you seen anything on Alex Lynn? And I'm going to go Deandre Hunter. They need a wing. Um, Now Hunter's kind of interesting because he's, he maybe projects more long-term as a four than a three. Um, And obviously, you know, they signed uh, Kyle Anderson to that, you know, long-term deal. He's got three more years, I think. Um, And, like, he's kind of been better playing the four this season. Um, But I think just like uh, Jaron Jackson, who's currently been playing the four, but long-term we see him as a five, I could see Hunter playing the three in the short term and then transitioning to the four. Um, he, shoots, he shoots like 45% from three or something ridiculous like that. Last time I checked, it was 45. Um, he, he's a great defender. Um, he would kind of fit their MO of like grit and grind. Um, I, I just think he would be a great addition, uh, you know, for one, because I, I do like his upside Long term, but two, I like his floor, and I like that he is a two year guy. He can come in and make an impact immediately, and Memphis does not want to fucking be bad next year if they get this pick this year, because um, their pick to that's going to Boston is only top six protected next year. They can't and you know have him have an awful first season. DeAndre Hunter is is one of those. Um, I would imagine when um, uh, Chris Vernon comes out with his uh, guys who will not suck uh, (laughs) um, draft board, uh, DeAndre Hunter will be on that. Uh, And I would say that I think if you're in the position that Memphis is in, it just makes so much fucking sense to take DeAndre Hunter right there. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to go with with Hunter for sure. All right, uh, Luke your quick thoughts, and then uh, you got the Wizards up next.
1: Really, uh, oh, dude, I'm, I, I'm with you. I'm not a new a lot. He's good, and and a lot of people forget, like, the reason that Virginia flaked off and didn't do good last year in the NCAA tournament Cause is because he have Hunter. <laughs> yeah, He got injured right before it, and now they're going to, like, really notice, and I feel like, I'm, I'm like, don't, I'm not one of those people, like, Virginia, they're going to, like, anything can happen, but I think Virginia's going to go a little bit further than they did last year, and it's, Definitely going to be DeAndre uh, like Hunter showing people like what he has, and I do like it. Like you're saying, I mean, in the end, I see Josh Jackson moving to the center. Makes sense. Uh, slow-mo can be a six man too. I mean, you know, in the end, he's not he's not a starter, so I you know I don't feel bad. So, but yeah, I like it all for Memphis. I mean, they do need a point guard and all that, but there's no point guard really to take. So, I have no issue with uh with him right there. At number seven, I think you know he's a he's a good all-around basketball player. Uh, for Washington, though, now um, it gets interesting. Cause Washington is just kind of a mess all around. Um, they need a <laughs> lot of things. You know, they traded Porter. They they've got Beal. It's just up to you know if they want to keep Beal going or just possibly trade. But you know, they're that team that really needs a center, but they do need a wing and all that. And I've been debating over. Hayes right here because you know, I think he'd be good, but I still think it's too high for him. So I'm gonna go with a guy that I've been watching lately and and it's not that he's been doing like crazy things on the court, it's just like you look at him and you're like, yo dude, this this kid's really big. Like he's a big paper like he's <laughs> being a freshman. <laughs> and it's Nazir little. Nazir Little, little right? Little. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Little <laughs> no, dude he's watching crazy him in that dude game. big Dude, yeah. And even he's, right he's, now, he's playing. He
0: played really well in that game, man. Like, and and in limited minutes, seems like he's starting to kind of figure it out. Um, in a system that's not really engineered towards his style of play. Um, so no, I mean, I don't fault you, but please go ahead.
1: No, yeah, like you say, I mean, definitely showed it in the Duke game. I mean, even right now he's playing, but it's just, I think, like I've been preaching on him. He's one of those players where. It's not good in college just because the system's not for him and all that, and spacing on in college games is very hard. So he's going to be able to do what he wants. Uh, you saw it against the Duke. where well, he plays against better talent, I think he plays better. I mean, he's played against RJ and Cam and all them since he's younger, I mean, and all that. So he definitely, you know, he's he's up there in that talent. But it's just like – I just the more I look at him, I'm like, dude, you are just really just like – look like a grown man right now. I'm like, out there. Like, he's just – very big for his size and I don't know, I just like yes, Washington would need a center and, and picking Hayes is good and all that or maybe even bowl a bowl, but I don't know. I just think right now there's Little just he's gonna be one of those people that he's gonna be so much more successful in the NBA once he has a spacing and if you just traded Auto Porter Junior you kinda still need and they also traded what's his face too, um early in the year to the Suns. uh, man, why can't I think of his name? Um Oubre Jr. So you don't really have any threes or slash fours, and Nazio can play either right. one of those positions for you. Well, you got Troy Brown, um, who they don't play enough, uh,
0: but they they still need. Like I think again, he's a guy who I think projects long long term as a small four. Um, I think that's where he fits because he's so big, man. For he's only six six, I think. But he's a big six six, and I think like yeah, I mean I don't hate it at all. Like I mean, obviously they do need a center, um, like they desperately. Um, but again, like it's it's just my thought process on taking a center, and in the top, even the top ten, like maybe we'll get there in this in this particular draft. I don't know, but like there's just there's so many centers out there. Like you like. There, I mean, you, you saw New Orleans Noel sign for a minimum deal with OKC to be their backup last season. Like, that's a guy that Washington could go after. They could be like, hey, we'll give you um, the luxury tax exception uh forever. You know, like, I mean, there's plenty of guys that you can go after there in free agency, and I think that'll drive down the cost of or, – or, or the stock, rather, of, of centers – Uh, in the draft this season and potentially just going forward in general. A a very um, different kind of center to to garner um, a lot of attention. And we even saw it this offseason. I mean, Clint Capella, um, he didn't get nearly the contract that he wanted. I mean, I think he got the contract he deserved, um, maybe even a little more. Um, But I don't think you're going to see, like, players of his ilk getting max level contracts like Gobert did or Steven Adams did. Um, I I don't think you're going to see that from most teams going forward. And I think that also kind of it will reflect in the draft as well. Um, all right. Uh, so moving on, uh, number nine, who, who who am I right here? New Orleans or Minnesota? I think New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans. Uh, okay, New Orleans, uh, I need a wing. I need a fucking wing, man. Like, I probably need a center too, but I'm going to try to re-sign Julius Randle, um, even though that might be a lost cause. Um, but, I I mean, regardless of what happens with any sort of trades or anything, I need a wing. I need a, probably need a point guard, though. I feel... Like I can run a backcourt of each one more and uh in um uh, fuck what's his, uh Drew Holiday um and be okay um you know because I, I I if I'm New Orleans I don't want to suck I can't tank in New Orleans uh, I'm gonna take Keldon Johnson he's fallen I had him as high as five earlier in the season um, and he's fallen on on my I projected I had him at seven. I think now I have him at around 9 or 10, which is right where we are. Um, I, I still really like – you look at his numbers, like, sure, there's some – there's a little bit to be desired as far as the way he plays. Um, it, with, with P.J. Washington just being the clear-cut go-to guy on that team, as he should be um, this season – uh, he's got the experience, he knows the system, um, they kind of have, have built this young squad around him. He doesn't get as many touches as he should. Um, he's really good at driving to the basket, though so, You know, it, his ball handling leaves a lot to be desired, um, so you're going to have to utilize him correctly. Um, but pairing, to me, pairing him with Drew Holiday makes a lot of sense on a lot of levels. Um, so I'm going to draft him and put him at the three um, and, and kind of try to develop him with Drew Holiday and then hopefully re-sign Julius Randle and then hopefully get, you know, a package that includes a point guard and a power forward, um, you know, like a stretch forward uh, amongst other things uh, in the package that I, you know, trade with uh, for Anthony Davis. Um so, yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's kind of where my mindset is right now. Um, what do you think about that?
1: No, yeah, I mean, I, I like it. I mean, me and you have been high on Johnson. Um, I think he's a great player. I think a lot of what happened to him kind of slipping at the end of the season, um, it's just because uh, Reed, Travis Reed getting injured for them, for Kentucky, I really think that like, yeah. hurt the whole flow of the team and all that, and it put more back on Johnson and all that. And so – I think um, he's handling fine. I think you know once Travis reads back and all that, they'll be you'll see back to who, who everyone thought he was going to be in Johnson. And so I I like it here. I mean, they're just one of those teams that just they need that could be one positional need that they need. I mean, this next pick that I have, it's just a mess of like who, who, what, like Charlotte man, Charlotte man. Hopefully Kim is gone. So you're obviously going to a full rebuild, but it's like at number ten I I just it, it makes it tough to like who's starting the whole rebuild proxy, I meaning yeah you got Malik Monk and you got mikel Bridges. I mean Miles Bridges, not Mikael. Miles Bridges. Yeah. So you got those two, but they're they're not like anything like super so they're you're basically getting another one of those players that could have possible upside. Right. I mean Langford, Bulla Bowl. Bull, Bull, and um Kevin Porter from USC because you know, all of them have a lot of upside none of which and big p- potential. Positional needs unfortunately. <laughs> like, I, I and I and I understand, but you're not you're not Charlotte's not in a need for position right now. Right. You're in the need they, of who's yeah. the next best possible to get you upside something guy. that's gonna be yeah. like can Q- you
0: Years
1: no, There's other people that make sense, but those are the three right now in my mind that like could have the upside. And man, it's just it's really tough. But um, I'm gonna go with Porter. I'm gonna go with Kevin Porter. Um, he. I like, I like him. He kind of reminds seems like a me of like but... a young young. He seems like a case, and you can calm him down and like and fix that. It kind of reminds me of like a a younger D Wade. Where okay, he can do it all. I don't see that, but
0: I will say this I this. do think there may be some luxury the the it, Michael Jordan is not like a calming influence by any means um but I think he's learned a little bit of tranquillity in his in his uh, uh, golden years i i think if 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 you could get Porter to sit down with Jordan. And and you know, Jordan to be like, yo dude. Like look, I see the fucking skills. Like work with me. Like let's work together. Like I, I see these skills in you that I want I really want to work with you. And like what fucking draft prospect is gonna like shun that? Like you get an opportunity to fucking work with Michael Jordan. Like that's the kind of thing that I think could maybe play in this favor. My question I, I don't I don't dislike pick. I actually think because um, Bowles got the injury concern, and you got Hernan Gomez and Zeller signed on for three more years. Um, my question is, then what do you do with Malik Monk? Would you try to trade him for a point guard?
1: I mean, I think yeah. It's it's been – Malik's always been one of those players, I mean, coming out of Kentucky, where it's like they – even in Kentucky, they try to run him at the point guard because they're like, you knew where the point guard like, – I know he's not a point guard, but he's not really a shooting guard. I mean, he's a great shooter and all that, but he's just like the size and all that, and like his defensive like limitations and all that. So you saw it even in Kentucky where they like tried multiple times where Malik would take up the ball and all that, and it used to always scare me just because like he's so turnover prone, he doesn't understand it, so it does, but like I'm saying, you can play them all right now. I mean, one's got to hit I mean, maybe now that Kim is gone and Malik Getting more playing time. I mean, Porter's not going to be jumping into the starting shooting right. guard. I mean, Porter's, yeah, he wouldn't jump in there. So you can definitely play the the two of them right now and figure it out later on who is all that. But yeah, but I do understand because Monk isn't a point guard and all that. But I just for right now, I'm just I'm I just think you know you keep them both. You finally let the leash go on Malik Monk and really let's see what he can do and all that. But don't force him. He's he's not a point guard. He just. I don't think he has the decision-making skills to do it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I,
0: I see where you're coming from. Um, yeah, I mean, I think maybe you just you just play them both on the court at the same time and have them kind of share the ball. Um, I mean, fuck, maybe even you try to get the ball in Batum's hands and and let him kind of manage because he's a good facilitator. Um, at least in the half-court set, I wouldn't want him bringing the ball up the court. Um, but if you could position him at the top of the key to be the guy who, like, sort of controls the offense, similar to the way Denver does with Jokic, um, maybe that's how you run that offense, um, you know, absent Kimball Walker. And and maybe that works. Because, um, I mean, I, I obviously, Monk's more the size of a traditional point guard. Um so, like that that might be the way that you can maximize that roster construction uh now, and then you look at trading one of them mid season at the trade deadline or maybe next off season or something like that i think but I do like where your head's at because I think you got to get Malik Monk's stock back up before you trade him because I think you're you're selling really low right now. And I I still, personally, I haven't given up on him yet. I still think um, he was never going to work next to Kimball Walker. That's the problem. Like, it's not that 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 pairing defensively is is a nightmare. And, you know, which is, interestingly enough, why when they took Shea last year, I was like, I like this. Like, I really like Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Malik Monk as a – backcourt for the future because Malik Monk is a little undersized as a shooting guard. Shea is like, like this bigger six-foot-six point guard. This makes a lot of sense. And then they traded him, which kind of made sense for the here and now. But long-term, I think I would rather have Shea than Miles. Not that Miles has been bad or, or isn't a good player. I just think that I, – I think long-term I, I would rather have – that pairing and just have traded Kimba and gotten what I could have gotten for him um, but you know hey it, it is what it is and you know maybe Kimba resigns um, you know if he if he gets makes an all NBA team and qualifies for a Supermax, that's a lot of money to turn down especially I know everyone says what's the difference between you know a hundred and fifty million or hundred and $60 million and, you know, $210 million, you know, at that point. Like, yeah, but this is a guy who has been underpaid his whole career. So if anybody needed to, like, cash in at this point in time, it's Gimbal Walker. Um, so there is a possibility that they can keep him. But, no, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm smelling what you're selling. I, I don't I, – I definitely uh, – See the upside there, and I I like it more than the bull bull upside. I would not take him that high, just it's so many concerns with him. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, Orlando, um, it's pretty obvious for me here. Uh, given that he's fallen this far for us, Romeo Langford, um, he he's not been good. <laughs> um, he's kind of been like N- Nazir Little, um, to where. He just hasn't really ever hit a stride this season hasn't really played up to his potential um now his reasons are different than littles um but he he's been disappointing but if you're if again if you're in that ten eleven range and you got a guy who's still got like a super high ceiling you you especially if you're orlando. You go with that high ceiling guy. There's not a point guard in this range that makes sense for your team. Um, so I just think fit and everything else, you go with Lankford. And honestly, if I'm Orlando, like, I think it would be very short-sighted to bring back Terrence Ross and Vucevic. I really think they should have traded them at the deadline um, and just gotten what they could get for them. They wanted to make a playoff push. Um, but, like, don't double down on your mistake thinking you could make the playoffs. That was a worthy thing to do. Don't double down on that mistake by re-signing these guys. Keep your flexibility open. Get, rebuild the right way. Um, get Mo Bamba the playing time once he's healthy. Um, and maybe look at uh, the young roster that you have and seeing what you can get for Aaron Gordon um, and, and, you know, Retooling with all rookie contract guys, uh, and then you know, the following season, you can maybe bring in some veterans, um, or maybe even this season, you can bring in some veterans to kind of coach these guys up. You still got Fournier, you still got Augustine, you just got Martel Um So, you know, if you're thinking long term, I just think that would make more sense, and I think Romeo Langford could fit in. Uh, with that kind of game plan. Uh, what are your thoughts?
1: No, yeah. I mean, I like it. Uh, like you're saying, Orlando should just commit to going with the full rebuild. You know, they probably won't and they won't make the right. Rec- but seeing the Marcel Fultz trade kind of made me feel like they were going in that direction. Like, that was a smart trade for them. You know, he's still young and all that. But he's not going to mm-hmm. be able to play with Busevich and all that and make them compete next year. So I thought that their mindset was like, you know, we'll take the risk, the flyer on folds, just because we're going to go young. So, hopefully, they make the right choice. And I, and I like it. I mean, like you said, Lincoln's definitely falling off lately. And it's just not him. It's the whole Indiana team's just bad. It is just really bad. And right. he's not one of those players that can just hold his team and all that. I mean, even though, like, he, he still can score and all that, it's just it's a lot of pressure when your whole team's just really bad like that. So, I like it. I mean, it's a smart pick. I mean, he's definitely – up there on like the next best available and all that. So, have you know, I think it's a smart pick for Atlanta, and you know, hopefully, they do commit to the whole rebuild. Lakers, on the other hand, we're probably hoping I mean, uh, that you might skip on because Lambert Lakers are just another team. <laughs> They're like a Charlotte. Uh, there's a lot of things you can do <laughs> with the Lakers. Um, are you trading? What are you doing? So, uh, I'm going with the center position just because there's a couple centers out there that I think that could be really good and all that. And you just always need a good defensive minded center just to help anchor a LeBron team. who's never really had one. Full of bull would be kind of interesting there. I just feel like his injury concerns and all that. And he's kind of big and I don't think he could play up the speed at LeBron, even though the pace of LeBron and all that in the Lakers, and he's it's not the but yeah. I think it'd be too fast for bull, but I'm going to have to take my guy. Um, Jackson Hayes from Texas, I think, you know. Makes sense. definitely He's definitely just done a lot this year, where he's just come out of nowhere, and just blocking machines, he can definitely run. He's just very young. He's just He has the legs right now. He's, um, he's not a – because he's almost like a Jabel McGee. Like, you're not getting the big upgrade, so it's not like, oh, yeah, yay, you know, we got a good position. But he definitely can be, like, you know, a younger, better Jabel McGee at one point. I mean, he's – definitely got more defensive-minded and, and all that. So, you can definitely run the lobs and all that. So, I just like him just for the whole defensive purpose of, like, you need a defensive center. Yeah, a shooting center makes more sense and all that. But the Lakers didn't make the right choice in signing Lopez last year. So, I don't know why they would go right next year, this upcoming year, and get a, a shooting center. So, might as well get a defensive-minded center in and, and Hayes.
0: Yeah, I mean – I just feel like too as a as a trade asset at that at that point in the draft like people are really high on him right now. a lot of people have him like as high as like six seven eight in the in the mocks or in the um uh in their on their uh, player board i have i think i have him at eleven um and a lot of that a lot of me having him at eleven is not you know it's really not throwing any kind of shade at him. It's, it's just that I think he's going to be really good. I mean, I do. I think he's going to be uh, a Clint Capella type. I really do. I just don't value that as highly as I value the ceilings of all of these other guys. Um, so, though, I think if you were to ask me if I was a, had to bet on long-term who's going to be better, you know, Romeo Langford. Or um, Jackson Hayes, I would probably bet Jackson Hayes, but nevertheless, like Romeo Lankford still has so much more potential to be the better, more impactful player long term. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's a discrepancy on floor versus ceiling. Um, I understand why people value floor more than ceiling. Um, and that's, you know, the people who have Hayes so high. Uh, and I get that, I understand it. Um, I just I think with this league being more of a wing driven league nowadays, I just personally would not I I just wouldn't want to take him that high, you know. I, I so but here um at this current spot I, I'm very much cool with that. I think um honestly uh Again, like, just for, if nothing else, the the draft consideration, like, I mean, think about it this way. If you are trying to put a package together for Anthony Davis, now you're sending them back a point guard, a a shooting guard, small forward, a power forward, and a center. Um, You're sending them back every, like, or or, or at least the opportunity to send them back every single position. Um, So... Yeah, I mean it just it it makes sense for so many reasons for the Lakers. Flexibility, everything else. So, um yeah, I'm on board with it. I I like it. I think it's uh ultimately a smart pick uh for them uh going, you know, getting somebody who if if they end up keeping uh can protect the rim and everything else, but if they end up shipping out, you know, it, it works too. All right, uh Minnesota um, Minnesota's tricky, man, because, again, I think long-term, they really need a point guard, um, but there's just, there's not, like, I'm not reaching on Trey Jones here at 13, um, I just feel like that is just a little too much of a reach for me, um, so you gotta really look at what else they need, I really like Josh Koji. I think he's solid. I think he's going to be a fine starting shooting guard. He plays defense. He can shoot. Um, he, I mean, he gives you what you need. They don't need anything at the three of the four or the center, though. I think there's a distinct possibility that they could maybe try to package this pick um, with, say, um, if somebody would take – like, let's say – uh, let me let me pose this question. Um, it, it, you have So you're picking at 13 here. If you're Memphis, would you entertain the notion of sending them Mike Connolly in exchange for Jeff Teague and some sort of cap filler? I don't want to throw in um, – uh, what's his name? Uh, they're fucking backup center. Gorgie Andrew Gang. Wiggins? No, Let- you, can,
1: you can throw in Andrew Wiggins. You can figure out how no. to throw Andrew Wiggins for Minnesota. Yeah. No, honestly. I mean, it's-, it's a 13th, and Wiggins might be worth it for Conley. I'm just saying, I mean, the way Memphis is going, you're getting some guy that could possibly do it, and he's young, and you're flipping a guy that's older, and his money's getting crazy. So you, you, And you're getting a, another first-round pick, so... I mean, maybe. Okay, so let's play this scenario out cuz I like this. I think this is more fun than
0: trying to pick for um Minnesota here. Um so you're trading for Mike Connolly cuz you want to make the playoffs, you want to be good, and you're getting off a Wiggins contract which you don't trust. And so if you're Memphis, you're you're getting Wiggins who, you know, I I feel like you're thinking, okay, we we can you know, we can potentially make this work. Um but we need to get Teague back because we need need at least a point guard for this season. Um, So, you know, we get Teague, we get Wiggins, um, and we send you Conley and, let's say, Kyle Anderson. I think that makes the money all line up, right? Um, And Anderson's a little more of a long-term contract, so you get off of that. So Wiggins' long-term contract doesn't hurt as much, Um, you know, so – so yeah, so let, let let's. I mean, I I feel like that's that's respectable, right? Like if if, I mean, you're you're getting the better player in Conley. Uh, you're getting uh a, a you know, eight nine ten million dollar a year guy, um, who who, you know, in slow mo who can come off your bench, um, and and be a contributor. Uh, so if you're looking in turn. Uh what do you want to pick up here if you're Memphis? So you you uh let's see, we, we picked up DeAndre Hunter earlier. Um you're getting Wiggins, so that would now be probably your one uh your your three, four and five of the future would be Wiggins, Hunter and um and uh, uh J J. Um Yeah, so so like uh so if you're if you're Memphis you know, you, you got Jeff Teague to get you through the season. Um at that point, you know, what what are you thinking here? Um I'm maybe thinking maybe uh Nikhil Alexander Walker. I think that makes sense. I mean he's shooting guard, six five, he can get you some buckets, um seventeen point four points per game right now, four point two assists, so he's kind of like that that tweener, that kind of combo guard. So maybe you could transition him to a, to a point guard. I mean, I think that would make the most sense as far as roster construction for them. What are your thoughts?
1: Um, no, I mean, I like it. Um, and it does make sense, but um, honestly, I'm kind of going with the reach player and I'm surprised you didn't name them, but um, I'm I like Kobe white for North Carolina. I, he Ooh. might not come out. He's still really young, but, you know, you could get your point guard right now if you remember, yeah, you're rolling with Teague this year, but you're going to have Kobe next year, and I don't know, if you just really watch him on North Carolina, he just is like, he doesn't look like a freshman out there. He does a lot of, like, the right things. He's figured out the system right now. He has them really playing well. He's um he's pretty big for his size, too, for playing, because he can play the, probably the shooting guard, point guard. He could probably switch him out and all that. Yeah, he's a reach and all that, but I do feel like he'll, he'll improve his stock as into the like tournament goes on, because... North Carolina's success definitely is contributed to how well he's been playing. I mean, he's still young. Like I said, I could see him possibly staying for one more year, but I could see both. Even if Minnesota didn't end up trading this pick, I could definitely see him being that reach, like, should we just take a flyer on Kobe White? Because he's just just been playing really well. And, you know, he's just still young and all that and figuring it out and and everything. So I just think, you know, he, he makes sense for me for both. Even if Memphis takes some more. Minnesota takes them. but I do like what you're saying with uh, Mikel Alexander. I mean, he, he he would make sense there too. Okay, you've convinced me. So I uh, I'm
0: I'm, you know I, it, it, namely you've convinced me because I don't think Memphis would take. I don't think they would fucking take Andrew Wiggins. I don't like I I like if I was Memphis, I would not take Andrew
1: Wiggins. Why would you want that fucking contract? Why not? I'd rather. But hear me out. Hear me out on it. I know you're laughing, but hear me out on it. If you're Memphis, you're another one of those teams where you cannot go full tank in Memphis. Like, yeah, they you have the grit and grind, but that was the old thing. I mean, you have a good yeah, but if you you don't, you don't want to go full tank, then you should not be getting into Wiggins. But but hear me out. But Wiggins still has the pull. Like he has the chance of being, like, a face of, like, you can still make him the face of the organization. You're not throwing it on one of these, sure. these young kids. He can take that pressure off of them. He still can have a chance to where it's, like, it's back to being Andrew Wiggins' team. I mean, before Carl Anthony Towns, even the first year with Cat, you could kind of see, like, Wiggins, and he's still got the offensive capabilities, and if you just put some targets to I uh, like, you're losing a Conley contract where he's getting older and all that, and his money's getting crazy, and you're not going to be competing where you can get, yeah, a contract that sucks, but you still – Andrew Wiggins is still so young. It's so much still like upside and all that, and he can be the face of the team for now and take that in for Memphis and be that face as you're going through this little transition. period. So that's why I don't see why you wouldn't do it. I mean, yes, Wiggins is terrible and all that in that contract, but it's just like you're – you're you're already spending that money on calmly, but it, you being
0: a Well, here's the thing: if if you're playing the role of Memphis here and you're willing to take the deal, um, like if, if I'm Minnesota, I'm 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 probably willing to make that deal because um, I do not want to have Andrew Wiggins on my books long term. Um, so if, if if I can get um, like a reasonable package and maybe give me a second rounder. Um, like, give me something. You gotta give me something in addition. Um, but like, yeah, I I think I would probably take it. Um, you know, simply because getting Connolly, man, that I feel like that would just make me um like a a, a, a like a true playoff team. Like I guess Kyle Anderson would be a good fit. So as long as I can get some kind of like future asset, you know, a a, a, a unprotected second rounder. Um, future which I don't feel like if you're if you're that gung ho on Wiggins, I don't feel like you're you, you would be have a, a strong objection to. So like we'll 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 just call it that and, and that'll be good. Alright, we got three minutes to wrap this up. Uh
1: final pick, your Boston Celtics. Uh who you taking? So it's one because, you know there's a lot of ways, but um I think there's kind of a guy and like you he's never been really high on my board, but I've been actually really high on him lately. And I mean, he's, he's been on a lot of people's board, but I'm going to go with Brandon Clark. Time for for Gonzaga, man. Yeah. I feel like, you know, he, he could be our next Al Horford. I just really just see he a could. lot in Brandon Clark. He just really, if you watch the Gonzaga team, it's just like, he calms them all down. He understands everything that's going out there. He's just a smart player. There's nothing flashy to him. I mean, I'm not going to give him that or for 2.0, but I mean, he just kind of just reminds me of it. He just, it makes sense. I mean, we don't need a center and all that. I like, you know, Rod Williams and all that. And, you know, Danny always loves his guards and all that, but there's nothing really out there. But I don't know. I just really like Brandon Clark. I mean, yeah, you could go with the other path forward and uh, Rio, but I don't know. Clark just seems like he makes sense. He's just that vet And just to go on the Celtics team, like he could just still help them and play down and give them some decent minutes than taking a guy that has potential and waiting for his upside. Yeah, no, I mean, I like the pick, man.
0: I really do. I think, um, I think ultimately I, I, he's, he's, he's a guy who, again, high floor guy to me. Um, but, I think if you're Boston, you have so many of these picks. I think you're probably better off picking high-floor guys because um, if you get enough high-floor guys, they're great in, as far as trade assets. Um, we saw it with Robert Covington and Darius Saric, um, netted the, the, and a second-round pick netted the Sixers' Jimmy Butler. Like If you've got those kind of guys to throw in with some of the other guys that you have um, – you're like Boston's always going to be in the mix for, for trade packages because they've such a smart GM um, and getting guys like that um, only helps your cause. Um, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm fucking with you there, man. I like it. Um, all right. Well, that's, that's going to wrap it up uh, for this edition of our, our second uh, mock draft as a Hawks fan. I fucking love it. Came away with uh Culver uh, and Cam Reddish. I think that's fucking awesome. Um uh and uh we're gonna have to really get into a um like a full <coughs> a full draft. We might have to do back to back episodes uh to get all those picks in or just rapid fire if you will. Um but uh anyway, uh Luke, thanks for joining me, man. It's been a pleasure. Hey. Thanks for having me. Peace out, man. Peace, brother. All right, everybody, be sure to keep a lookout for uh geek vibes live it'll be coming at you this sunday at eight o'clock and dane alves wrestling geeks alliance show is now streaming uh recorded last night at seven so be sure to check that out Uh, we will see you next tuesday until then peace